This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge of Wharton. You're listening to Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio, Sirius XM 111. Here again is Dan Loney. Welcome back. Hour number two of Knowledge at Wharton here on Sirius XM 111, Business Radio powered by the Wharton School. Thanks for spending part of your day with us on this uh, May the 4th. Or as some people are saying, may the fourth be with you for all the Star Wars fans out there. Great to have you with us. As we add more and more people to the planet, the production of food items continues to be a concern. Will we have enough food to feed the planet in 15 years? Part of the question also involves the dairy industry. Right now, U.S. production of dairy is going through some struggles at times to keep up with demand. So are other countries, and they must be looked to to not only help out the needs here in the U.S., but also in other locations around the globe. One such location is China, where the production, where a project, I should say, is ongoing with experts from the Penn School of Veterinary Medicine. Dr. David Galligan is professor of animal health economics at PennVet, who is also involved in this three-year project, and he joins us in studio to discuss what's going on. Good to see you again. Thanks for coming in. Great. Thank you. So I, I guess let's start with the idea of focusing on the dairy industry in China. Why was that such a, a unique aspect for you? Well, uh, the as we look at where is the massive growth in dairy occurring, it's occurring in China. And it's occurring in China because their affluent population is growing so rapidly with their economy. Uh, there's been a 16-fold increase in per capita consumption of milk in China from 1960. So there's a huge, huge demand for, uh, for dairy products in China. Uh, the other thing we observe is that as people move from rural communities into urban uh, uh, regions, uh, now we have more than 50% of the world now living in, in uh, urban settings, uh, they earn much more money. And we see in China that there's a doubling in the per household uh, consumption of dairy, so uh, so there's a big demand for dairy products. So I'm guessing I'm guessing there has obviously been the correlating growth in the industry, like farms and mm-hmm. cows, and and be able to have that production in the first place. Oh, there, there's been a dramatic sea uh, tide change in the number of cows in China, dairy cows. They're up to about 15 million dairy cows. Uh, uh, and uh, but uh, even with that uh, increase in numbers, they're only meeting about seventy-five percent of their hmm. domestic consumption. And uh, when we look into the future, uh, the future does their rate of growth of the dairy industry is is under the rate of growth of their consumption. Uh, their consumption is going to grow about twenty-six percent, and the uh, the dairy is going to grow about nineteen percent in terms of uh, volume. And and seemingly that becomes a big problem for that country, considering. In terms of, uh, of the amount of population they have, you're talking about the biggest biggest country in the on the planet. Oh, certainly, and um, you know, and we're interested in it on several dimensions. Um, you know, we're really looking at the, um, the 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 generational challenge that's facing veterinarians and people in agriculture is provisioning enough food in the in next years for for future generations. Yeah. Uh, uh, we're looking at in the next 50 years having to produce more food than mankind has consumed in its entire history. Right. And so we need to do that efficiently. And so part of what we're doing with our program in China is how do we bring efficient management technologies and processes so that we, we evolve a dairy industry there that is environmentally friendly, uh, uh, able to produce very safe products and things. Yeah. So there's, there's multiple dimensions. 
And also this opens up the opportunity for maybe the export of more U.S. dairy products to China, which would be wonderful for our dairy industry here in the States and in Pennsylvania. Was there something specifically, though, that that changed in the mindset of China going back 15, 20 years, where all of a sudden you saw this shift to want to have more dairy yeah. products? Well, well, I had the uh, opportunity in the 80s to visit China with a group of dairy investors. Right. And this was, of course, before the economic boom that happened in China. And back then, a lot of your dairy farms were heavily regulated by the government. They were uh, very low yield, very inefficient systems. And then with the advent of uh, more capitalism uh, uh, in, in the Chinese economy and the ability to own land yeah. and, and to own it for 25 years, 50 years, uh, what happened is then we saw the evolution of a, um, uh, the dairy industry. And then, of course, concomitant with that was the, um, the economy growing in China that sure. uh, brought in this affluent middle class. And, uh, you know, when you go around the world, one of the first things people like to buy when they have extra dollars is dairy products and animal protein products. So um, uh, the, the country is really responding to that growth. Uh, but there was that sea tide change in the early 90s that really started this, uh, this path. How much growth could there be within that industry alone in China? Because we hear the stories, and you mentioned about the economic growth and Obviously, the numbers about GDP growth that they have seen in, in recent years, and we see the stories about all the building that is going on, especially in the bigger cities mm -hmm. uh, in China. But still, there is so so much land in that country, I would think, that could be used or not, no, not no, so much, yeah. really. Actually, what's going to limit their ability to produce animal products and dairy products is land and water. So okay. without those yeah. two resources, right. you are, and so we see China is uh, very interested in looking at uh, uh, purchasing land and agricultural entities around the world uh, as they look at meeting their future food needs. So they're, huh. they're look, realizing that there's only going to be so much that you can do domestically. And so um, uh, what we're hoping downstream, of course, is to position the, uh, the U.S. agricultural and dairy industries as, as a real provider of uh, dairy products throughout the world. Just to put it in perspective, in, in 81, when I graduated from the vet school here, about 1% of our U.S. Uh, milk value was sold and exported. Now we're up at about 15 16%. Right. That could grow to 20%, 25%. Uh, as we start to become part of the global economy in terms of uh, milk products. So then how do you view the dairy industry in the U.S. right now in terms of its strengths, maybe some of its weaknesses? Well, it, well what's happened is we've undergone tremendous evolution and uh, improvement in efficiency to the point where now we're, we're really in a surplus production mode. Right. So we're producing more product than, uh, than U.S. demand and what we're able to meet with our current uh, export markets. And so the, uh, to me, I see the industry transitioning into being a bigger player on the global arena. Right now, we, we're about 6% uh, of China's import of, milk, of dairy products. Uh, right. The EU is 50%. New Zealand's wow. about 33%. And so we need, to, we need to be a bigger part of that growth. Uh, in China, and uh, hopefully uh, our relationships with the dairy industry can help foster some of that development. But in, in terms of, of what we have in terms of infrastructure in the dairy industry here in the U.S., we have that room for growth to we, be able to, to build yeah. on it. 
without having to add a lot to what we already have. Yeah. The big uh, one of the immediate kind of local bottlenecks in Pennsylvania is the need for uh, additional production uh, processing capacity. In other words, when you produce milk, you need to, it needs to go to a processing plant and we right. need to expand that capacity. Uh, but this is actually a national problem in terms of uh, if there's a demand, then all of those things will, will fall into place. Uh, the general trend in the industry from 1950s has been a gradual reduction in cow numbers. Mm -hmm. We've gone from about 25 million dairy cows down to 9 million, but we produce almost four times total milk. So we're about 200 billion pounds of milk now uh, produced <laughs> from our dairy industry. Our cows are the highest in yield per animal uh, uh, per year. And of course, this has environmental impacts because it reduces the amount of greenhouse gases sure. per kilogram of milk produced. Uh, it reduces uh, water resources. So really promoting high yield, high efficient animals is critical as we address environmental issues, water use, and that's central to some of the problems in China. So I was going to say, so how is the how is the mindset in China right now towards a lot of these issues? Well, you know, I've, I've been to China probably uh, I know, maybe 15 times over the last uh, many years, and, and I've seen a continual evolution of their, uh, their dairy industry. And uh, what's happening, of course, the Internet is making available a lot of uh, technical material that wasn't uh, had to be delivered in classrooms before. Now it's accessible um, uh, uh, on the Internet. So the industry is able to leapfrog in terms of, of uh, embracing technology. So right. I see a continual evolution of, uh, of that happening. Uh, and so they're, they're migrating to where uh, the bulk of their milk is coming from intensive systems. Right. The melamine scare really um, yeah. uh, was a to crisis to yep. the industry. Yep. Uh, but what it's done, it's, it's made them more aware of, of food safety protocols. Um, uh, there's actually been now uh, that's been kind of hampering the U.S.'s ability to get into that market because uh, China wants very rigid and strict uh, protocols that uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy uh, that has to be uh, uh, evaluated so that we can enter those markets. But that being said, then, when you see what, uh, you know, in terms of talks between the United States and China over trade, that ends up becoming a very important dynamic for the dairy industry right now certainly, here in the U.S. Certainly. There, there's, that, there's been a tariff on U.S. dairy products uh, uh, over the years, uh, you know, whereas uh, uh, China has a free trade arrangement with New Zealand and Australia and uh, a favored nation trade, I think, with uh, the EU. So I think, um, you know, as we start to look at products that um, are in high demand in China, the dairy can be a part of that uh, uh, product base that helps offset some of the trade deficits. What have been what have been the main dairy items that have been going to China from the United States? Well, has, has it been milk or has it well, been... Well, most people don't realize this, but milk, um, you, you tend to think of milk as what you get out of your refrigerator. Sure, yeah. But actually, uh, only about 30% of our total milk goes into that, what we call fluid milk. Oh, okay. The rest is going into what we call manufactured products, and those are what are really shipped around the world. So it's it's um, milk powder. Uh, of, as we look at the, um, the market for um, infant milk powder, China has 50% of that market yeah. in terms of that, you know, the demand. So a lot of your dairy products go into these um, uh, uh, other products that are used in the, the, the production of other feed, food ingredients for humans. And, and obviously when, when you're talking about uh, formula powder, infant formula, that goes back to the melamine scare, which you talked about which was, what, about six years or so ago, 
and that had a, a significant yeah. impact on, on how things were done in China specifically. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was 2008 09, and to that 9. Far, yeah. yeah. And uh, there, uh, uh, it, it dramatically, you know, there were several deaths from that. And, of course, uh, it resulted in about um, the, the dairy industry shrinking by about a million and a half cows. Uh, so they, um, the industry contracted, but now it's uh, within five years, they're back to their, their uh, previous levels after that scare. Um, and, uh, and it's really changed the industry. I think, uh, you know, it's become more regulated. Um, and, uh, of course, they realize that they have to meet safety standards uh, for their, their population. But they also understand how valuable this component is to the economy of a country, mm -hmm. just like we have obviously seen here in the U.S. for, for decade upon decade. The recognition is there about how important this can be as a contributor to what China needs to do to build going forward. Certainly, yeah. It, uh, I mean, you look at the dairy industry in terms of the, um, the quality of the products that are produced, uh, you know, that's a very um, uh, a balanced uh, uh, spectrum of nutrients for young children. And so early there was a real interest in making sure every Chinese student uh, got access to milk. Yeah. And, um, and of course, um, as it moves forward in time, they, they, they have to balance the environmental concerns, the water use concerns. So the industry is going to um, evolve as those constraints uh, come to bear. So in terms of the, the, the three-year project, where are you in terms of the, the, the process overall of that three years? And what is it specifically that you're trying to do now in that in that process? Okay. Well, we're in our third year, and so uh, this is in. We've been to China now um, uh, several times over the last uh, two and a half years, and we've also had Chinese dairy visitors come here. And over that time, we've held courses for the upper management. Uh, so this is where we we try and and and, uh, and talk about how to make a more efficient environmentally friendly dairy industry. What are the, the strategies, technologies that should be embraced? Uh, and we've even brought some of our, uh, we brought a, a producer with us on several of those trips to, to talk about how, uh, how they manage uh, their dairy herd here. And so our goal was to elevate the management, their understanding of what directions they need to move their industry in. Yeah. And at those meetings, we'd have about a million cows represented. Wow. Uh, you know, uh, because these were, members from the very large uh, Yili and Menu dairy cooperatives in China um, that, uh, you know, probably control uh, 20, 30 percent of their fluid milk base. And, and even with China having, you know, enacted kind of controls on the numbers of people going back a few years, that number will grow back in the next decade, two decades, three decades, yeah. which again kind of puts that emphasis on the need for dairy whether they're importing it or whether yeah. they're building it out themselves, mm -hmm. going back to the yeah. management piece yeah. you're talking about. Yeah, there, there are two elements. The, the numbers you just suggest, suggested there is the, the number of people, but then their affluence. And both, sure. of those, yeah. both of those drive, and probably a larger proportion of the demand for dairy is going to come from increases in affluence more so than just mere numbers. Uh, because as people, again, uh, get that higher uh, income, as, that they often get in the uh, the urban uh, environment, uh, they boy that they consume cheese uh, and products, and also when we eat out, when we eat meals out, we consume sure. proportionally more dairy products. And so um, as we uh, as di people's diet changes, and and fast food is entering China as well, uh, you eat proportionally more dairy products, and 
Uh, each pound of cheese is 10 pounds of milk, <laughs> roughly. So it's a big, uh, wow. big um, consumer, or a, you know, a, of 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 dairy products. Going back to something we were saying a moment ago, with the talks that are going on between China and the United States, I would think that there are m- many people within the dairy industry here in the United States that have to be sitting, waiting, anticipating mm-hmm. potential further involvement to be able to help grow that industry in China because of the technology, because of the efficiencies that we have here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. There's a very uh, – in in June of last year, uh, uh, there was a MOU signed with uh, the Chinese uh, powers-to-be in terms of really looking at how we could bring more U.S. product to China. Uh, another product that goes to China is a lot of uh, feed resources um, – uh, alfalfa hay uh, is exported on the east, uh, the west coast of the U.S. to China, yeah. and that's a huge, huge industry. So there, uh, China had had um, had a lot of um, low tariffs on imports of inputs into the dairy industry, so it could kind of build up their industry. But now they realize that they're only going to ever be able to meet about seventy-five percent of their their domestic wow. consumption, and so they're going to have to import the other twenty-five percent from somewhere. And uh, what we hope, of course, is that the U.S. can play a growing percent of that. Uh, and uh, the other thing that's hampered kind of the growth is the strong dollar. Uh, many people don't realize they like, hear something very yeah. external to the industry hampers uh, the competitiveness of your dairy products versus those that they can get from the EU. And um, uh, it's a complex um, process because with the... Um, the European Union um, uh, uh, mandated the quota go away. That was a quota system where it regulated how much milk a herd could produce. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, two years ago, they got rid of that, so that created a surplus on their market. And then Russia put an embargo on European milk, and so suddenly mm-hmm. the world had a surplus, and now um, uh, China took up a lot of that um, that surplus. So. And, and, and I guess the expectation is that they will continue to be able to to want to have that need, correct? Yeah, yeah. Though I think as the um, if the 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 big thing will be if there's a change in the uh, evolution of affluence, um, yeah. but also there's even um, uh, I've been to a center in in China where they're. They had a cooking cuisine uh, uh, research center to look at how to integrate more dairy products into their cuisine. Yeah. And so it's kind of interesting to, to eat uh, pizza uh, cooked in China. <laughs> well, but that's, that's also a, a, a philosophy change in terms of what the government wants to try and do and what the medical community wants to do, the recognition of the need of having dairy. That's, a, that's an important shift. I mean, obviously, we've, we've known, I mean, heck, I'm you know, 51 years of age, and you know, the, 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 the mindset behind dairy of, you know, making sure you have a couple of glasses of milk every day, even when I was young, sure. you know, we, yeah. it's been around for several decades. Yeah. It seems like it hasn't been there in China yeah, as it, much. It, no, it, well, it hasn't. And part of that is the, um, the whole um, uh, ability to digest lactose. Uh, of course, if it's not part of your routine diet, that becomes a, a challenge. Right. Uh, but also uh, just the variety of products that are now uh, produced from milk. Uh, a lot of your flavored liquid diets, uh, liquid beverages, are very uh, a high part of the the market in China. The yogurts, the uh, so uh, as the industry develops a, a better spectrum of products, of course, yeah. there'll be a bigger market demand. So, what is it now that you will do in these last few months of of this well of this term? And I'm assuming that this is something that may very well 
continue beyond the three-year window that you're talking about. Yeah, the, the program we worked, we uh, had a grant from the uh, Penn Wharton Global Engagement Center at the Penn Wharton China Center, which is a beautiful facility in Beijing. <laughs> And uh, we've given several courses there. And this uh, has been partially supported with Zoetis as well. And so that company is very interested in continuing uh, this training program into the future. And we're also planning uh, uh, ways in which we can bring uh, uh, vets and consultants to uh, New Bolton Center to get training, uh, more tactical training in terms of managing uh, cows at the, at the cow level. So uh, there's a real effort and interest to really um, uh, uh, take care of our cows as best we can and yeah. to show that to the rest of the world. Because, uh, um, uh, you know, one of the n kind of the common animal welfare issues that we see in food livestock animals is access to quality food and, and, and quality management. Uh, and um, we, we've observed that from our travels all over the place. Even with the fact that you said that, the, you know, there's, there's an expectation that they will only ever be able to produce 75% of what they actually need, is there a mindset of, of thinking about either increasing the farm size that they already have with the numbers of, of cattle that they may have there or adding more farms beyond that. Yeah, probably uh, right now they're at about 15 million cows and a lot of their herds are moving to the larger operations. So okay. we can have her we go to herds that might have 3 4000 even 10,000 cows. Right. And these are huge um, operations that have uh, merry-go-round parlors so they can milk uh, 700 cows an hour uh, <laughs> oh, they'll God. they'll go on 400 um, uh, they'll they'll I mean, it's just incredible efficiency. Uh, and, of course, the, they have very low somatic cell counts on these larger herds, which indicate very high-quality milk. Okay. So, uh, so I know sometimes the large farm gets demonized as being problematic in terms of animal health care and management and that. But often those large operations have the resources to provide the necessary healthcare and management of these animals compared yeah. to some of the smaller herds. So it's kind of counter to what's commonly thought of. And then, of course, the, um, uh, the, the high quality of their products, the high components, high fat, high, high uh, protein, and then this low somatic cell count are really indicative of a quality product being produced. So I don't envision their industry getting much larger in terms right. of cow numbers. Uh, uh, I think their strategy going forward will be how do we produce more milk per cow? Uh, how do we do that more efficiently? And really, that's the model our industry has followed. Yeah. And a lot of that happened as an integration of bringing quality science to our, our dairy industry uh, through our, our, our great extension service that um, uh, really uh, uh, brought a science basis to um, animal uh, production. But it is interesting when you think about it. And you know, there's so much conversation now about the economics surrounding the United States and reaching out to other parts of the world. You think about, the, as you laid out, the potential. Obviously, mm -hmm. it's potential at this point of what this could mean, these types of changes could mean for the dairy industry here in the U.S., which is obviously an incredibly important sector, a very profitable sector in many cases in this country. Yeah, yeah I, I think the whole, um, just the escalation of trade of food has become such a big part of the landscape now. And, uh, yeah. of course, we're seeing it in dairy. And also there's a, there's a peace dividend with that and that uh, uh, countries then tend to not want to go to war with who's producing their sure. food. Yes. So there's an indirect yeah. um, kind of uh, foreign <laughs> policy strategy there as well. 
But um, uh, yeah, there. I think for the uh, actually for all of our livestock industries, uh, we have to look at where are the emerging markets and demands for them. As kind of the U.S. population uh, plateaus in terms of growth of of demand for these products, we we have to be part of a, a bigger part of the global trade and. Uh, you know, that, that wasn't a focus area when I graduated from vet school. Right, it was kind right. of just, hey, what happened at the farm? And yeah. now we have to be concerned, hey, where's that milk going? What's its market opportunity and things like that? Great seeing you again, David. Thank okay, you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. All the best with the trip uh, trips over to China. Thank okay, you very much. Thank, thank, you. thank you. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.